I want to welcome all of you to the Zen Living. This is the first meditation. This is volume one. And um, the first step is to understand the meaning of Zen. To keep it simple, Zen is meditative living. Keep it very simple, which means all of you here, you are listening to your mind because the mind is always talking. It's like this radio station in your brain, you know, <laughs> that is constantly broadcasting information. And sometimes those information could be very distracting, disturbing, and toxic. So it's like a storm, a storm or a hurricane in your mind, constantly buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. And when the mind is in this compulsive state, it causes your body to become very agitated and impulsive. Your brain creates a lot of stress hormones and it's almost as if a cloud is inside of your head, above your head, even in your body. You have a moment, you, you, you cannot see life clearly. And however the mind is, that's how you see the world. You see? We know the story of um, the disciples of Jesus Christ when they were on a boat heading to a place and then suddenly a storm came. And the storm conditioned the way they see the world and they began to speak the language of the storm. Hmm? Are we going to die? Oh my goodness. This is the end of our lives. Why this is happening? So the mind became very agitated. So the storm is outside, but the mind became the storm as well. So whatever is happening in your life, the mind will copy and mimic. You see? But we, we are told that Jesus Christ was sleeping in the middle of the storm, in the boat. You see? So you can look at your body as the boat. And all the personalities and archetypes in your body as the disciples. And the boat is going through the sea of life. And suddenly, oh my goodness, you cannot pay your bills you have your friends saying nasty things about you. These are all storms. Hmm? And then inside of you, you have all the disturbances taking place. Your personalities, they all say, oh, we're going to die. This is going to be very difficult. But I want you to know that at the center of all this turmoil and chaos, 
who you truly are, the Christ, is sleeping. You understand this? So this meditation is not about you closing your eyes and going within with your eyes closed. No. As you're listening to my voice, you will be going directly into the center of Zen itself. It's the active way of listening and paying attention that is the meditation. You will just find yourself in a peaceful state, very calm. You see? So, the story says that one of the disciples went and woke him up. Jesus, wake up, wake up. And we're going to die, we're going to die. We, we have a very difficult situation. The storm is here. It isn't what we do. We go to prayer to tell God how difficult our situation is, to tell God how we are going to die very soon. Oh my gosh, this is very difficult. Isn't it what we do? Yes, that's what we do. This is the human compulsiveness. Hmm? So, the Christ rose from his sleep and spoke peace into the storm that is then living. And the storm became the language of peace. Why is that? Because in him there was peace. You cannot speak what is not in you. So Zen living is to is a meditative living. How you can stay, stay centered in your Christ self, regardless of anything that is happening around you. This is Zen living. This is the this is what you want to grasp in this first volume of the Zen living. And it's just the active living that is the meditation. You don't need to right now. The Zen is already happening. You're already moving into Zen. You see, now I will just take you deeper. This Zen state of awareness is what the scripture calls the peace that transcends all understanding, which means the peace that cannot be explained. It is always there. It's not created by somebody giving you a gift or somebody you know, pays your bills or, or somebody gives you compliments or suddenly all your problems are gone and then you feel at peace. That's not peace. Hmm? So if the outside world gives you peace, then it can take it away. But if this peace, you can go in yourself, master your energies and turn on this peace at will, then this peace is yours forever. It cannot be explained by something that happens outside of your life. Mm? It cannot be explained by something that the physical world did and then you suddenly have peace. No, it's a peace that transcends all intellectualistic understanding. It is just there. And you will get to a place where people will wonder, okay, out, out of all these troubles, how come you are able to stay so calm and poised? Because you are in the heart of the Zen, you see. What you, sometimes you have to ask yourself, what could be the worst thing that could happen? What is the worst thing that could happen? And name all the scenarios and look at them and tell the mind, that's it? Okay, good, I'm good with it. I'm fine. <laughs> the mind, 
turns off right away, immediately. See? So the mind copies the storm of life and maximize the storm, amplify it in your brain, in your body. And here's the deal. I want to take you now deeper into the heart of the Zen. Just listen. Active listening is all you need. Let's say you have 100 problems. Just visualize them looking like doors. You don't have to close your eyes. Like 100 doors that are completely locked. And you need the master key to open the doors. Which means one key. Just one key. To open all the doors. You see. So... What will you do first? Would you try to open the doors with your own strength, your own hand, and then later on try to find the key? No, but that's what most people do. Oh, I need to solve this problem. I need to solve this problem. And you, <laughs> you're hitting your head against the problem and you cannot because you cannot open the doors. You need a key, you see. Every challenge in your life is to lock the door. So the first thing to do is to what? To look for the master key. Because once you find the master key, you will not need to fight or trying to open those doors. You will just turn on the key and the door will open. And what is this key? Is to first find your peace. You understand? That is the first thing <laughs> you should find. Because one of the tricks of the mind is to say, oh, you don't have 15 minutes, you don't have 30 minutes, to, yeah, this problem is very serious, please, you need to focus on the problem. Now watch this, for, for 30 minutes, all the mind is going to do is to waste your energy in worrying about the problem. But please understand, worrying about a problem is not solving the problem. <laughs> 30 minutes, the mind will waste worrying about the problem, worrying, worrying, and it's creating another problem that you are not noticing. It's making you sick. It's creating stress in your body through stress hormones, excessive cortisol flowing through your bloodstream, which is affecting your lungs, your throat energy center, your guts, your heart energy center. It's polluting your blood. It's actually conditioning your body to get sick later. You say, well, I have problems of bills, family members and all these things. Yes, but now you're creating another problem by allowing the mind to dictate how you should live. So the mind says, oh, you don't have time to pray and meditate. Anyway, I'm not going to stay still when you're trying to do that. The mind is not in control. The mind is trying to tell you how you should live your life. You see? So those 30 minutes, the mind will waste it. I will say to you, go find the master key, which is what? Go to the beach, go in the forest, go in the park, go in a quiet place. Because those 30 minutes, they're going to pass anyway and the mind is going to waste them. And you're not going to find solution to the problem. You see? <laughs> so, you want to go and feast in the banquet of the Lord. The cosmic banquet of the Lord. Which is the beauty of nature. Who do you think God created the trees, the birds singing, the ocean, and all this for? It's for you. Oh, he created for everybody. No, it's for you. You have to make the experience of the cosmic banquet personal to yourself. That's when you find connection with the divine. You understand this? Mm? 
you go into a city you see a beautiful monument you think everybody driving by is seeing that monument they're not even paying attention to the beauty of that monument tourists will come from another country and enjoy that monument the people in the city will not so the sun is shining but not everybody's paying attention to it you know the flowers are blooming and releasing their fragrances but not everybody's smelling them they don't come to the banquet even though the banquet is made for them everybody's busy oh, i have things to do i have to go to work i have to do this nobody's coming to the banquet so jesus said okay master of the house said go and find the, the people who have handicapped and bring them bring them so the people who are crippled which is people who can stay still they are the ones who are going to enjoy the banquet you understand not um the one people who are always busy busy so you go and you sit in nature for example you are crippled in that moment if you, you're no longer moving doing ten thousand things so you even if you close your eyes at the beach and you just let the sound of the waves come to you and you keep saying the same mantra in you i am swimming in the unconditional love of god i am swimming in the unconditional love of God. I am swimming in the unconditional love of God. That mantra alone, as the sound of the waves is coming to you, will bring you to the heart of Zen. You are not at the banquet because you want to solve a problem. I want to use all my meditation techniques to fix this problem. No, please, that's not the way it works. When you're using spiritual tools the wrong way, you're going to create more problems. It's like you're trying to take a screwdriver to to cook, to cut onions, tomatoes, and to cook in the kitchen. It, the screwdriver is not meant for that, you see. And we do these things. When I use prayer, worship, and meditation to fix the problem, you see. You're still thinking about the problem instead of creating solutions, you see. It's not the same. Trying to solve a problem and creating solutions is not the same. See, When you say, I want to solve this problem, your mind is on the problem. When you say, I want to create solutions, your mind is on solutions. And the solution is to make, bring yourself into alignment by with the I am, the great I am in you, which is the heart of Zen, a place of peace and joy, which is mastering your own energy. You see? When you do that, then the solution will come. You understand? So you don't use spiritual tools to fight problems. You see, you create solutions and the solutions will solve the problem. You create light and light will remove the darkness. You don't fight darkness, no. You create peace and peace will lead you to the answers to the challenges you are going through. You find the master key, see. Oh, all the doors are locked. All the doors are locked. I need to push them. Well, one of these doors that, are, that is locked is time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, but that's the door that you need to open first. You, you use time to connect to the higher self. Once you open the door of time, guess what? All the other doors open immediately, automatically. So because you thought you need... To open them one by one, no. <laughs> once you once you tune in into time, making time your ally to find the master key, which is shalom in you, the presence of I am in you. Once time is open, all the other doors open. 
Why? Because time is a dimension. I will break that down for you. As you're listening, you're already entering the zone of Zen. You are already experiencing Zen. Hmm? You can come back to this and listen to it each time. You will each time you listen, you will go to Zen. This is just volume one. You see. So I have 100 problems. No, please leave the 99 problems aside and go after the only one, the first one, the lost ship. Once you find that lost ship, time is on your side. No more deadline pressing against your mind. Oh my gosh, I need to know. <laughs> Once you find this ship, leave the 99 ship behind. You find this one. All the archetype personalities in you, they will start celebrating and rejoicing with you. Hmm? All of them will start rejoicing with you. You see? You will find this joy taking over. These are all the personalities and archetypes in you because you found the lost ship. You see? Time. And now, suddenly, you find yourself in another dimension. What do I mean by that? You will feel as if the problem don't even exist because you shifted in another state where the problem don't exist see because you exist in multiple states at the same time hmm? now you are in a different state of consciousness where the problems don't exist now the physical reality has to adjust to it and the holy spirit which is the breath of the Christ in you, the same way Jesus breathed. The Bible says he breathed on his disciple. The physical Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But now the Christ in you, which is the spiritual Jesus, will breathe. And that breath is the Holy Spirit. It's called inspiration. You see? Inspiration will come and start showing you immediately how to deal with these problems and open all the doors <laughs> because you are in Zen. You understand this? Okay, so it's very crucial that you understand that when time is on your side, when you are in bliss instead of bliss because you find your connection to your center, the chronological time deadline all these things they disappear they're no longer there and when when time is gone you are in eternity and in eternity everything is perfect the way it is you understand and eternity is now it's now so you ask yourself how do you feel oh i feel bliss i feel grounded i feel joy where are you right now i am here in this moment here and i close my eyes because it's the handicap that can enjoy the banquet of God. I'm not just crippled. I'm not just staying still to know that my I am is God. But I also don't see the physical world. I close and I go within. I close my eyes and I'm within in the secret place of God. I am blind <laughs> to the outside world. So I can feast on the banquet of God. The song of the birds. The sound of the brook. The flow of the river. All of them are therapeutic. My creator place them here as a banquet for me to enjoy and to reconnect to the center of Zen within me. Then you will know how Jesus found faith in the way birds live. Uh, how he found uh, Jehovah uh, Jireh, the provider, in how the lilies are clothed, how he found faith in the master seeds. He can supper in the banquet, the cosmic banquet of nature. 
how beautiful this is how beautiful this is so i want all of you now to to go within and begin to let what you have heard minister to you mm? let it minister to your soul and allow yourself every single day to go into this space of zen until the next volume Hello friend, I would like to welcome you to this Zen Meditation Volume 2. You are listening to the voice of Alain Dagba. Well, if you want to make it fun, Alain Yaovi Maoli Dagba. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm from Togo, West Africa. My calling in this incarnation as a spiritual teacher is to help people live their lives from the highest identity, which requires that you reprogram yourself, you reprogram your identity, and you detoxify your mind, your belief system, so that you can create, manifest from who you truly are, the life of wellness, well-being, and wellness that, uh, and wealth that we all desire. If you have not listened to the volume one of this meditation, Zen meditation or Zen living, I would recommend, I would highly recommend that you listen to it. And uh, the volume one and the volume two are available to listen to and to share with people is uh, completely free. There will be more volumes that will be available on my podcast and I will invite you to actually support my work by becoming a subscriber. To the podcast. Thank you so much for your support and your understanding. Now we are going to dive deep into the Zen meditation and this particular Zen meditation has to do with the mind, the brain and technology. Okay. Zen living is about meditative living. So whenever you hear me talk about Zen living, I'm talking about you living in a meditative state where you feel connected. Okay? You feel alive. You feel so connected and so alive that there is nothing, there is no statics in the background of your mind draining you. Have you ever had that feeling like there are some days you just feel like you are so full. <laughs> you understand? You are so full. And it gives you the meaning, the sensation that nothing is missing. You don't need anything. Right? That's Zen living. That's meditative living. And in the first volume, I spoke about, you know, getting into that state before you try to fix any problem, solve any problem, or create anything. Because usually what we do, we, we, we try to fix everything so we can get into that state. It's the other way around. You realize that maybe you've done, been doing that all, all your life. It's not working. Or you will have a very primitive and flickering experience of something called peace or joy. It's not real. Then it's gone. Okay, we say to ourselves, okay, 
I will, I will pay, once I have money to pay the bills, I will feel that state of bliss. Once I'm married, I will feel that state of bliss. We, we literally believe that we can do something before we can experience heaven. Because that state of bliss is the kingdom of God or is heaven, is the presence of God. You feel connected. You feel, if you are an artist, the art just comes through you. If you are a writer, the words just pours themselves out of you. If you are a dancer, the dance dances itself. You feel so connected, everything becomes effortlessly manifested through you. Uh, in that state, what you also want manifest through you. It's almost like you become more fluid than matter. You become more energy than solids. And the universe, when it comes to time and space, the collapse into a fast, a fast speed of manifestation. Like you don't, you don't, you just don't magnetize beautiful thoughts through you. You feel so beautiful in your heart. Oh, this is what you call true beauty. You feel so beautiful in your heart that everything is just flowing through you by grace, and everything is coming to you by grace. Yes. This is walking under open heaven. So we, we usually think that we're going to do something, then get there. And that's exactly why you're not getting there. <laughs> you know, as I'm talking right now, you're already moving into Zen. That's the beautiful thing about this the Zen meditation, because you don't need to close your eyes. You could be in your car. You could be, you will step into the Zen meditation. Okay, so we believe we can do, 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 then we will inherit the kingdom. Oh, that's pace of bliss I'm talking about. Well, that is very far from the truth, and you know. <laughs> oh. So what must we do? I think, not that I think, I know, the, you, you know, you know as well, is when we are in the kingdom and when we are in that state of bliss, and that's what we must seek first. We seek the kingdom first. We seek that state of bliss first. Once you do that, you become magnetic. Okay, then, you know, that book you're trying to write and you, 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 you're working at it so hard, words are not coming, but suddenly, is added to you. You become that state and everything else is added to, to you. You are that state of bliss now. You see? That art you train, you're struggling to, to create, it's, it's just not, it's added to you now. That business contract is added now. Okay? So, because you, you, you chose to be the kingdom, before you step into the material world. You broke free from conditioning because the conditioning is, is actually the bondage. Okay. If I have this, then I'll feel this way. If I have this, I'll feel this way. If I have this, I'll feel this way. If I have this, I'll feel this way. No one tells you to do it. You did it to yourself. So it's self-enticing bondage. So you unbound yourself by saying, oh no. <laughs> I can enter into the Zen, right? 
And then from the Zen, I can manifest and I can create in the physical world. Because energy precedes matter. And that's beautiful. Take a moment to just say right now, I want to be more fluid so that I can create what I want. It's beautiful. So the practical, how do we get there, right? There's a practical aspect to it, and I want to talk about that now. So you want to understand your physiology. What do you mean by that, Alan? It's very simple, right? Let's say you step into um, the mall. You're looking at the shoes. Your brain creates a different chemical. You're looking at um, an ice cream your brain will create a different chemical. You're looking at a person that just walks by, your brain is creating a different chemical. So each time you see something or you observe something, your brain will generate a different chemical. All right, we, we, got, we have that one down packed, okay? <laughs> so you enter the Zen when it comes to, I'm going to talk about technology today, you enter the Zen when you can observe something long enough so that the chemical that is produced stays in your body long enough. That's it. Let me explain. Let's say, for example, you're observing a baby that is laughing and smiling, okay? And you stay there for a long time. You observe that baby for five minutes. So your brain will, will, will create a consistent chemical very consistent, okay? Maybe it's creating endorphin, okay? It will create it straight for five minutes. Maybe you're observing that baby for five minutes. Your, your, your attention didn't go anywhere else. It stays with the baby for five minutes. So your body is experiencing a consistent flow of a chemical. It's constant. You will enter the Zen immediately, all right? So now when you go on social media, for example, there's something that calls scrolling. What happens is you're looking at a picture less than three seconds, you look at another one, less than three seconds, you look at another one, less than three seconds, you look at another one. So what is happening is that your brain is generating inconsistent chemicals and it's preparing the body to step into depression, to step into anxiety because you're gonna experience chemical imbalance, okay? And if you do that for one hour, <laughs> two hours, or you do that every day for that matter, you, you notice that there, there comes a point in your life where your brain feels very foggy. And not only that, you have short temper. Why? Because to be able to have self-control and being able to experience an established emotion, it means you are somebody who can observe the same thing long enough, okay? I'm going to say something here that will be a little bit uh, shocking to most of you, right? If somebody is observing something negative long enough, that person is better off than somebody who is, who is shifting 
observation no stop and it's confusing the brain all right i'm not saying the person who's observing something negative is <laughs> doing the right thing i'm saying there is a consistency in the flow of chemicals the body is producing you see so but the other person you know you on social media you see this another feeling you see this another feeling and there's only two seconds between each I tell you, in a week, your body is completely reconfigured to, to follow that map. So now the body is addicted to that switching of chemicals. And that's where short temper comes in, addiction comes in. You can no longer process reality as a flow. Nothing is flowing anymore. Everything is um, experiencing a shocking um, stop and restart. Shock, shock, restart, shock, restart, shock restart and when you do that to your mind for too long what happens is you, you you put yourself in a fixing mode you want to always fix something on the outside so you can get into zen so when you see people constantly want to change something in the physical world so they can experience the kingdom that state of bliss abundance beauty that i'm talking about is because the brain has been trained literally to create that modality of shock and restart. Two seconds or three seconds between data, especially on social media. So we're not just talking about what you're seeing with your physical eyes, we're talking about what you're observing with your mind. So if you're driving and your mind suddenly goes into thinking about your bills, and a few seconds later, your mind starts thinking about your kids, uh, you know, don't need to eat, and then your mind goes into another problem, your, your in-laws, your mind, your mind keeps shifting reality. You are training your brain and your body to create chemical imbalance and anxiety, spontaneous anxiety from nowhere will start coming. <laughs> you wake up and you, your mood is all over the place because why? You train the body to do that. So then the ability to, to observe something long enough is very powerful. And that's the secret to actually detoxify the body from the world of technology. The world of technology is a fast world. In one movie, you can experience like 20 days in one movie. That's very fast. And you train your body with this, it's very tough. I'm not saying not to watch movies, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get in the habit of observing something long enough. You can go to the park, for example, and looking at a tree and stay with it long enough. Just stay with it and start contemplating the different part of the tree what a tree does and the blessing of having a tree around. Make the tree the center of your observation and your looking for a long time. And this is why breath meditation is powerful. You can dwell on your breath. On your breath. Sometimes it's not interesting for people. So you can use different things, totally different things. Things are interesting, right? And when you do that long enough, trust me, Stay long enough with something, you will step into the Zen. And it's a beautiful thing. Until next time.
bye bye